0: it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
1: all right Chime time here we go three two one it's time now for the bitql
0: boston podcast let's run the slate with your host mike mutnansky
1: NBA Draft 2022, the night Woj screwed everybody. That's <laughs> what happened yesterday. Chris Schein, good morning, buddy. How are you? Happy good Friday.
0: Good morning, Mutt. Happy Friday. I'm just. I'm excited to be here. I'm ready for the weekend. I'm just having a great day. I got to tell you, uh, I'm having well, a wonderful day.
1: That means you did not fo- follow uh, Woj yesterday uh, on the NBA Draft, nor did I. Did not have a nickel bet on the NBA Draft. Eventually decided it's not my market. I didn't need no research for it. So I didn't bet it, but I do know, I'm following gambling people, that Woj really, really stuck it to people yesterday. So people that missed a Quick recap of this, and we'll get to Stanley Cup Finals uh, game tonight. Game 5, see if the Avalanche can close it out. The Red Sox, and we'll recap our NFL poll from yesterday, where it proves Patriot fans might be dumb. Um, Very dumb. So Woj-, Woj tweeted out midday yesterday, you know, expected to be the, the first three in this order. Jabari Smith, uh, Chet Holmgren, and Paolo bon- Bonchero. To go one, two, three in the draft, and yep. when that happened, everybody took everything off the board. You couldn't get a bet down on DraftKings or FanDuel. There were some like offshore markets still taking money, but the reality was people thought because he's Woj, well, it's a lock thing now. Jabari Smith's going one, and so when they eventually an hour or two before the draft, they put the markets back up, and they laid Jabari Smith at like minus you know thousand to be the first pick, and Paolo who got hammered that overnight the night before got steamed down to the favorite to be the number one pick. So somebody knew something. He was up at three to four to one. And so anyone who followed Woj and said, well, it's got to be Jabari Smith. It can't be Banchero. um, They got their teeth kicked in because as an NBA insider, no one really knows anything. So you follow the insider and he was wrong. And he definitely cost himself and the sports book shine who put Banchero back up there at like three and a half, four to one, two hours, an hour prior to draft time because they thought Woj was right. He cost them a shit ton of money last night. Oh yeah. Shit ton.
0: He got he screwed over so many bettors. So many but people. But that is exactly why I think I think that reason right there is exactly why I haven't bet as much on drafts because everybody's tweeting out picks before they happen. And I'm like, what are we doing? Why what's the point of this? And so I uh yeah, you know what? I just I'm that's going to be my number one rule, my gospel oh. if you will. Uh, oh. I'm just not going to bet on drafts. Even when it comes to time for NFL draft, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to uh, torment myself unless it's like a week You're ahead of idiot. time, two You're weeks ahead of time, not doing Come it. I'm on. done. You're
1: not going to bet the N- You're not going to bet the NFL draft next nope, year.
0: Not going to do it. Okay. Screw these reporters and tweeting stuff early. Everybody needs to be first. Just let it happen. We all love the experience of finding out who the first overall draft pick is. Don't tweet anything and then screw people over like that. You well, bogus no,
1: uh- NBA insider idiot. Well, Shams wasn't. Shams had it right. Shams never committed to it. He was, he was right about it, and he's also saying today that – Kyrie's gone, so that it's going to completely change the landscape of the NBA again. Yeah, I mean, you could, if you want, place the bets and just not look at Twitter and just watch the thing on TV.
0: Sure, I, I, like if, you, or place mute the, those if guys. you place, if you place the bet like a week, two weeks ahead of time, something like that, three weeks ahead of time, uh, go for it, fine. But I, I'm d- the night of or the day before a draft. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it because you're just going to get steered in the wrong direction by these quote unquote insiders, and you're going to get boned. And I'm I'm good with that. I'm I'm a, I'd rather put my money on something that I have have a lot of strength and of uh, conviction in, and uh, not just some uh, insider with a Twitter account.
1: Yeah, if I'm going to get boned, it's to give me my own dumb opinions. Damn right. Not somebody else's bad info. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to bone myself. Yep. Put the t- print the t-shirts. I'll bone myself. I'll bone myself, dibble dabble. I
0: got 206 in my body. I'll give myself another one if I need to.
1: Uh, I did not have a dime on that last night, so I was not invested. It was kind of a slow bet. Well, we got the golf that's underway as we speak, and you got Rory, which is good. Uh, I got a bunch of stuff going. Nothing great right now uh, in the golf. We'll see what happens here uh, with the cut. They are scoring like crazy. The Travelers updates uh, throughout Massive the weekend scoring. here on the BetQL QL Boston podcast. Things that we are betting on tonight. Let's start with the Stanley Cup Finals. Woo! Game five, your avalanche. For those that don't know, Chris Schein bet the avalanche heavy. Uh, minus one and a half games in the series. So he needs a win tonight. Uh, he needs a win in game six. He does not want a win in game seven. So that's Correct. where he stands right now. He had a bad betting card in game four. He came on and said, bad day for me. So the bounce back kid, Chris Scheim, Prince of Pucks, affectionately known across the country. What do you want to do tonight, game five? Are you willing to uh, go Donnie Double Down on the avalanche here in game five?
0: Donnie Double Down. Call me Timmy Triple Down, baby, because we're going Colorado minus one and a half tonight. So Colorado on the puck line is plus one forty five, and then on top of that, I'm also going Colorado over three and a half team total goals at uh, basically even money. I think it's minus one hundred five in some spots. Um, so I'm going to go with the Colorado team total over three and a half. I'm also going to bet on Colorado minus one and a half. Um, I just I think Colorado's a better team. Now you're going back. To Colorado to play in the Ball Arena, um, in the altitude and all that crap. Vasilevsky has not been the Vasilevsky we know since the game, since the Rangers series. Uh, it's just, I think this Colorado team is the best. They're the best in hockey. I said, said it weeks ago. I've said, said it, it for a weeks while. ago now. Um. And so I'm going to continue to believe that. I'm going to believe in my analysis, like I did with Tampa Bay in the uh, East Finals. I'm going to believe in my analysis on the Colorado Avalanche. I'm going to triple down here on the Avalanche, and I am going going to ride with my guys.
1: You just could have said uh, Vasilevsky has not been himself since Mutt put not one but two different Smythe bets on him. what you yeah. could have said if you wanted to.
0: That's brutal. I'm sorry, bud. That's
1: okay. No, was that was the bet I wanted to make? I wanted yep. to kind of be against the, the the crowd here with the Avalanche and those, and those are dead. They but had I won, win for
0: you. That was the angle that was going to yeah, get them away.
1: Yeah, that was where they're, where they're, they were, not going to win some. Con, they're going to win because Vasilevsky's screwed in his head and he, they win in six and seven games. 100. That was, that was the thesis. Uh, through four games, it's not played out. Very unlikely it plays out. I do not know. If I'll be back invested tonight uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals, so you have Colorado over the three and a half team total. You have Colorado minus half on the one and a half uh, goals on the, the puck line here. Yep. Any player props for the people for game? No,
0: five? I'm not going to go with player props. I've kind of missed. I've really only hit like once or twice here on uh, goal scores and points props. So I'm just going to avoid those. I'm just going to go with. I know Colorado's going to score at home, so uh, I'm going to I'm going to back that.
1: All right, so we are hoping for Colorado to win tonight. I guess, um, yeah, I feel like my my Vasilevsky, he would have to. Th- there's very little shot he could win the MVP at this point. We had three straight shutouts, which I guess I could bet on like under half a goal tonight. I guess if I wanted to try to play this and and still have Vasilevsky a part of it, like that sort of be the thing. Under
0: a half a goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning, by the way, is
1: eight and a half to one.
0: I'm sorry. How about, for Colorado, is sixteen to one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I could say if, if I believed in him before the series, he goes on the road, as you said, in the altitude. I could put a few bucks in that and hope for a shutout, which fe- seemed, I mean, the the, the the price is fine, 1620 to one. Uh, I just don't know from there. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not giving he you any I'm He hasn't looked good bets. enough to do it. No, he has. He had that great save in game three, and that was really it. He slid across and made it. And since then, yeesh, uh, has not been good. So uh, Colorado over three and a half of the team total for Prince of Pucks and a minus one and a half on the puck line, and, of course, still holding on that massive, massive uh, $30,000 ticket on the Avalanche, minus one and a half games.
0: Uh, also, series. I wanted to make sure I mention this before we get into yeah. uh, Red Sox or anything else. Uh, a guy reached out on Twitter. Um, his name is Dan the Mozzarella Man. Um, and so I had to come to you because morning, he, Dan. he asked me a question, and uh, so I wanted to get your philosophy on this as well. He, he said this is this was his DM to me. He said, hey, Shyam, love the show, had a question. I have a futures bet on Ole Miss to win the College World Series for $3,600 is the winning price. I, and he's like, I placed that back in March. Yep. They are now in the College World Series finals against yep. Oklahoma.
1: Starts tomorrow, right? Best yes. Best three. Yep. He
0: said, should I hedge that and bet Oklahoma uh, for a guaranteed payout of at least $1,500 or just stand pat with my Ole Miss ticket? I said, this was my response. Uh, I said, first of all, well, frickin' done. Second of all, I would hedge, but I'm also a coward, so I understand if you decide to stand Pat. I told him I would ask you for your take. What's your thought on this? Are you a hedger, or would you just stand Pat and ride with your guys?
1: Okay, because I've only, uh, on a very, very, very ancillary level, paid attention, so I know it's Ole Miss in Oklahoma. All right, so Scheim just pointed it out to me. Uh, Ole Miss is minus 130. Oklahoma is plus 110. He's got... Do we do we know did he say how much he invested?
0: No, he just said that the winning ticket is for thirty six hundred and that uh he could they were guarantee probably like, himself-
1: uh, so they could be like thirty cause there a chance he had like a hundred bucks at thirty six to one? Uh, maybe well he said he guarantees one.
0: himself fifteen hundred dollars. So to me it feels like he probably bet a grand. They were probably like three and a half to one. So he probably bet a grand to win thirty six
1: hundred. Old miss is only three and a half to one? To when the thing started back in March? I that, guess no I don't, way.
0: I don't know. I, uh, yeah, you, maybe you're right, but I don't understand how the math I would work know. then for plus fifteen hundred for it to be up fifteen hundred if he's betting on Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, I would need to know the investment before. I, so because my team's the favorite, going into Game One, I'm not hedging. Like I, I so it's a three, it's a best of three. Yep. If I get down one nothing in the series, like if if they're already uh, if they're a plus if if, if Oklahoma was a plus one ten underdog. Like, is one win of a best of three in a neutral site gonna really make them some huge favorite if they're the a dog going in? My answer is no. So to well, me, and
0: what you can do, I think too, is is if you stand pat, right, and Oklahoma wins game one, well then don't bet on the series, just bet on the game, and and, and so you're betting on Oklahoma to win either game two or game three, right? You just bet on Oklahoma twice, and that way you at least like kind of balance everything out,
1: right? Yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not hedging. I'm not, I'm not hedging, giving it's only two – there's only two outcomes. Either Oklahoma, Ole Miss wins or Oklahoma wins. Like, so my hedging experience comes from horse racing, Shine where yeah, pick four is a race where you've got to pick four consecutive winners. Pick five, five consecutive winners. There's been times where I'm alive to, let's say, I've gotten to the, the, the final leg of a pick five. And I'm alive to – there's a ten-horse field. I'm alive to two horses. There are eight other horses that can still beat me, and my ticket loses. Because there are eight other options, I have hedged there in weighted hedges – so I can guarantee myself money. When there's only one other outcome, and that outcome's not going to be a huge favorite, even if they Game 1 happens, I'm not hedging. And by the way, if, if Oklahoma loses Game 1, they're going to be a big dog to win the series. So for me, I'm Saturday night. I'm planning my Saturday around Old Miss, Saturday at 7 o'clock. I'm planning my Saturday night around Old Miss and Oklahoma, knowing the following. If Old Miss wins, I can hedge going into the, the next two games. And by the way, hedge... And just bet game by game at that point. Yep. Uh. And and then uh, or two Oklahoma wins, I, I can. I'm still. I'm still alive. Like I, to me. Yeah. Game sat- I'm sitting down Saturday night for a good sweat, a good college baseball sweat. That's what I'm doing. So Dan, the mozzarella man. I love mozzarella cheese. I, I don't do love it. hedging. I don't love hedging into the first game of the series. That's just okay. for me. But yeah, you're was right. a winner take winner take all.
0: Winner take all. Maybe. Well, yeah. Because so my my hedging experience comes from the Super Bowl. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, had a what was it twenty five to one ticket on San Fran uh, to win when they played uh, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yep. And so it's a one it's a one and done game, right? So for me, I was like, I'm gonna hedge this. So that I guarantee myself a little bit of money, and so good thing I did because San Francisco didn't win, and I would have been devastated that I didn't win anything when I could have won, you know, twenty five hundred. So, um, so but it's so, also a
1: bet. It's a best of three. Right? Yeah, that's exactly. This it's I think that's
0: one-off. I think that is the the kicker here is that this is a best of three. So there's multiple opportunities to hedge down the road, like if you need to, like if Ole, Ole Miss loses, gets absolutely shattered. In game one, it's like okay, I want to bet on Oklahoma just to win the next game, and and that's that's how you can hedge that. So I think that makes more sense. You're right.
1: Yeah, that that's what I would do. And again, okay. I've never I've never bet a college baseball game. I've only watched these. High, I mean, I, what, UConn was had a chance to beat Stanford and go to the the College World Series, and once they got knocked out, I basically stopped paying attention. So I, I'm I'm saying this with no not like this is an NFL game, and I knew who if it really minus one thirty favorite was like worth it. I'd have a better opinion. But my opinion, basically, it's the best of three I would not hedge into game one. That's my big take. And I'm rooting. Now I have a rooting interest. I'm now rooting hard for Dan the Mozzarella Man.
0: Good luck, Dan. We're rooting for you. 3,600.
1: MLB, not college baseball, but Major League Baseball, plays tonight. Red Sox begin a stretch time. 36 games between now and August 3rd. 33 of those 36 come against teams currently in the playoffs. So, this is it. This is the test this now. It's the stretch, baby. My good friend Rob Bradford said out loud last night, if the Red Sox, right now, if they added a closer, they'd be a World Series contender, which I laughed him off the air. They're, we haven't seen that yet. They've got to show me. They're 2-5 and five against Toronto. They're under 500 against the Rays, under 500 against the Yankees. Show me something in this stretch. Maybe we'll get there. But this should be a fun stretch for them. They started in Cleveland against the Guardians. Do not dare say the I-word on this show, Sean. I won't. It's the Guardians. A, you called them the I-word the other day. I got an email Bad job from corporate. Uh, they were not very happy. Uh, you get the Red Sox on the road in Cleveland, first of a three-game series. Uh, it'll be Nick Pavetta and Cal Quantrill, the son from Red Sox pitcher Paul Quantrill on the mound tonight. Uh, Red Sox are uh, plus 140 uh, on the run line, which minus 1.5. Uh, they are minus 125 on the money line. They were minus 120 a couple hours ago. Over-under in this thing is 9. It's juiced to the under a little bit at minus 115. Your early lean tonight, Friday Night Baseball, Red Sox and the good, 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 Guardians, Chris Schein.
0: So I looked at this, and I wasn't really sure how I wanted to approach it, right? Because I, I, I think the Guardians, the Guardians have won eight out of their last ten. They're this good. is a good baseball team. But at the same time, Nick Pavetta has been
1: nails lately. Seven, Seven and one his last eight starts. Yeah. Uh, Pretty good.
0: I think I'm going to go with I, – I think I, I, I'm going to commit fully – to Nick Pavetta over five and a half strikeouts tonight. He had 10 in his last outing. You're getting it at plus 125, too. Um,
1: Well, you know why, Sean? Can I add some context to that? The Cleveland Indians strike out the fewest amount of times per game in baseball. That's why.
0: Yeah, that's... Probably why, uh, and that's yes, fair. It de-
1: it's, de- it's 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 ha- it's definitely. And by the way, five and a half is a pretty big number for a strikeout total, anyway. Yeah, it is. Uh, and so you're getting the under is uh, juiced way up. One seventy five. Yeah, minus <laughs> one seventy five. And so
0: like I thought about going out recorded, but again, that's super juiced at minus one forty five to yep. get over 17 and a half, which is six full innings basically. So I uh, I-, I believe in Nick Pavetta. I don't necessarily know if I believe uh, that the Red Sox will win, so I'm going to I'm gonna keep riding Pavetta, who's been awesome. I'm going to go over five-and-a-half strikeouts for Nick Pavetta.
1: Yeah, I don't have a game pick. Uh, I will give you a player prop to play with tonight. This will be officially on my card. Trevor Story, one-and-a-half total bases, is plus 135. Trevor Story is four for 12 in his career with a home run against Cal Quantrill. Uh, one thing I can count on for the Red Sox is their offense is pretty good. I'm not sure about their starting pitch against good teams. Their bullpen is not very good. They need major upgrades, at least a, a, a stud back there, either through trade or through Garrett Whitlock moving to the bullpen, and then one other piece. But I believe in Trevor Story. Um, we know he's a streaky hitter. He got very hot on this homestand again. Uh, try, uh, Alex Cora talked about him starting to go the other way against fastballs. So given his track record, given the plus 135, I want the over 1.5 total, total bases on Trevor Story. And if you made me make one other bet – this is a lean, not a lock. So I'm not going to put this on the card. But Cal Quantrill to record fewer than 17.5 outs. So to not basically complete six innings of work, I don't think is a terrible look uh, in this game because last time out against the Dodgers, he got absolutely rocked. Uh, Red Sox offense does travel. They've been good on the road and they've been good at home. And you can get that right now currently at plus 110 uh, at the under 17.5 outs. So I'm not, I'm not officially saying that's on the card. If you're looking for a same-game parlay piece, I don't hate that. But my card bet will be Trevor Story over one-and-a-half total bases at plus 135. That's Perfect. what Red Sox bet tonight. I like it. Uh, we posted a poll question at Beck UL Boston yesterday. Uh, we asked the people, if you had to bet right now, Chris Schein, Yep. would you bet over under Patriots wins eight-and-a-half? Uh, let me pull up the results here, shall we? I'll in front of you right there. Uh, and I got it right here. Uh, you texted me today. You asked for this month. Uh 67% said over. 33% said under. I take that as like Patriots fandom. I asked this question last night on Mud at Night. We had people call in and say Rob Ninkovich is not crazy. 12 wins is not nuts. 10 wins, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, all the hits chime. All the hits, and to which I say, don't do it. Don't do it. Wait until this thing gets to like 9.5, or go maybe it goes down. If it takes, I, I'm not touching this thing at 8.5, and, a half, and I'm, I've already bet at the under. So yep. uh, two-thirds of you want to bet the over 8.5 wins in the Patriots? Dumb. I don't have that same warm and fuzzy feeling for that. The Patriots.
0: Patriots. I learned there. this. I learned. I just keep learning it. The Patriots fans are delusional. Delusional. Uh, today on the air, I got called stupid by a million different people. To
1: be fair, to be fair, you might maybe it was stupid. What did you say?
0: So I said, um, offensive play calling is not simple. I said it is an art. I said there is a certain rhythm, and you have to have a great understanding of the game outside of the first drive of the game, the first drive of the second half. Those are the only two scripted drives in the entire game. So to, to, to believe that just anybody can step in and call an offense is ridiculous and asinine. And so I was trying to explain that people seem to think – that uh offensive play calling is like madden that i can just dial it up and go "Mm, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to the i formation i'm gonna go uh play action power left i'm gonna hit that guy on the post over the middle of the field that's not how it works you have a giant sheet and and you can try and and have an idea of what you want to call but it has to be based on the defenses they've been playing how your offense is performing who's hot who's not there's so many different factors it's an Art, P- calling an offense is an art. That's why only a few guys are actually really good at it. Um, and I got called stupid for that. That J- Matt Patricia is going to be fine. He was, was going to be an aeronautic space engineer. He can do it. He's smart enough. That's not what it. That's it, not. Not everybody is Pablo Picasso. Not everybody is Da Vinci. That's this is calling a, an offense in the NFL is a freaking art. It really is.
1: Well, and also developing a quarterback and you know, bringing him along. Again, this is not a football podcast, so I go go to the Six Rings podcast for Shime and Fitzy yep. and Hart to be yelling and Andy Hart to finger wag. It like, sound like he knows way more than us. I don't know why he was doing that the other day. but he was doing, well, I don't need Andy Hart finger wagging on your podcast. Like, I want to listen to it and enjoy it. Don't be a know-it-all, Andy, okay? That's what I'm saying. Um, Get him, but. Uh Yeah, I, I just think that... I give Josh credit for being able to work with players from Tom Brady to Jimmy G to Jacob Brissett to Mac Jones to Cam Newton, and the two guys who are now forget calling the plays, being tasked with maturing Mac Jones. I, I trust Bill Belichick. I don't trust the other two guys, Patricia oh, and Orton. Hundred percent. Not everybody.
0: So like, not everybody can step on a field and be Andy Reid, where their offensive system is fantastic for twenty five years. With with different quarterbacks, by the way. Yeah, it's, multiple different quarterbacks. Not 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 everybody can do that. There is a certain je ne sais quoi, that you need in order to succeed at, as an offensive coordinator.
1: you got to have a feel for it, and Joe Judge takes a knee on third down because he's afraid to run an offensive play.
0: Yep, and Matt Patrice has never done it before. And that's the other thing, too. When you've never done it before, you don't have that feel. You don't understand that rhythm. You don't understand the art to doing it and setting up plays for later in the game. You just don't. And I'm sorry. So sticking any first-time guy, I don't care if he's been a head coach in the NFL. I don't care if he's been a defensive coordinator. They can't just all of a sudden step in and be an offensive coordinator. Not going to happen.
1: I want people to rewind the podcast, to hit that 30-second, and just think that Chris Scheim's talking about your wedding night. Just for a second, go back and listen to what he just said about not knowing what you're doing and rhythm and first time. Hit the Hit the 30-second button. And imagine Chris Scheim is giving you advice about your wedding night. Just saying. I Just saying. I, I was laughing, and I thought, boy, this sounds like uh, – which, I, ironically, 11 years ago today, Chris Scheim, what was my wedding day. My hey, 11th anniversary. How about, anniversary. about that? Congratulations. <inaudible> I need that speech, speech 11 years ago. <laughs> Okay. Uh, anything else, Chris Shine, for the people before we send them off into the weekend? I'd say we would talk to him Monday, but we'll talk to him Saturday and Sunday. Apparently, yeah, on this we podcast. we
0: talk to him every single day. So uh, no, I got nothing. Uh, enjoy the weekend, everybody. Enjoy the beautiful weather we're going to have, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: I will also say a little programming note: uh, be prepared to be annoyed at the audio because I will not be home the next two mornings. I'm 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 traveling, so I'll be uh, doing it through the magic of iPhone Shine is my likely uh, scenario. I actually, worked Ooh. at Mohegan much better than my my uh, netbook did. So it's it did. Uh, we'll use that link. Uh, we'll figure out a time to any golf today. Shine for the people.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I have a meeting at one o'clock, but uh, if that meeting goes time quickly,
1: out. who scheduled a one o'clock meeting on a Friday in our company? It was who did so. That? It's not
0: his fault. I, uh, what
1: I the so hell? I haven't
0: I haven't been getting uh, paid for the podcasts um, because I'm what a now? so just, so I, I just got yes. my paycheck. I expected yeah. it to be there, wasn't there, and so I decided to go on a war path last night because I was furious. Come to find out, might have been on me. So I, 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 that's why I am saying this kindly. Um, <laughs> I'm a salaried employee here, so I don't, have yep. to, I don't fill in hours. And then yep. when I received an email back from the production manager, he said, well, have you been filling out your hours as like a flat rate or an hourly thing? Or like, what's the deal? And I go, I haven't been filling out hours. I'm a salaried employee. Uh, so come to find out because it's a, a corporate uh, podcast, not an EEI podcast. Uh, I may have needed to fill out some hours, and so it may have been on me. I didn't know. Nobody told me that though. When the last time I asked him about this, I was not given any information. So, uh,
1: <laughs> so yeah. But you know, I guess I guess we'll find out. Okay, that's that, that's worthy of a one o'clock meeting on a Friday. Yep. Get, so get, it's kind of my fault. Getting might paid money fault. that's owed you. Yes, that is uh, kind of important. Yeah, might be my fault. So. Okay, uh, help Chris Scheim out. He's doing the podcast for free, folks. Uh, check him out. Uh, so here's <laughs> how you help. Here's how you help us out. All these like thirty, forty episodes in every day except for one, uh, for the last five, six weeks, on a podcast. So please help us out. Uh, the, the volunteer, the social worker, Chris Scheim, uh, on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app. Subscribe, please, to the podcast. And if you could, uh, betqlboston on Twitter, betqlboston on Twitter. Uh, good luck tonight with, uh, with Avalanche, Chris Scheim. Thank uh, you much. Go see what the Red Sox can do in the first of this big uh, 36-game stretch, and we'll see if our golfers that we all have, including your buddy Roy McIlroy, can make a run here at uh, the Travelers. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow at some point. Back you up, Goodbye, Chris. Bye, Mutt.